PLP podcast with your boy Carlos D. And your girl Christy. Before we start the shenanigans, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast at Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find great podcasts. You can follow us on the Instagram at the PLP Podcast and send us emails to the PLP Podcast at Gmail. So what's going on, um, um, the lovely uh, Christy? How are you today? I am blessed and favored and a year older. (laughs) How did you uh, spend your birthday other than voting? Get out there and rock the vote. Other than voting, I mailed my absentee ballot, so I actually didn't get a sticker. But um, I was actually off that day, so I just kind of hung around the house and went to dinner later in the evening. And um, I'm actually celebrating my birthday next weekend, uh, or this weekend coming. I'm going to see Michelle Obama, and I'm getting her book tomorrow as well. So I wanted the Michelle Obama book becoming for my birthday. So it didn't come out till tomorrow, so I'll, I'll actually get it tomorrow. So- well, my invitation must have been lost in the mail because I didn't get the invite with the ticket that you purchased for me to watch Michelle either. So what's going on with that? You don't have Michelle Obama ticket money at this point because I understand that you uh, had a birthday as well. And I'm sure you turned up and showed out as well, sir, did you? No, man, I didn't do anything on my birthday. I just went out, had me a nice Thai dinner. And then I did go and spend the weekend Uh in uh, West Virginia. The beautiful wild and wet West Virginia. No, no, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, Take Me Home, Country Road. Okay, whatever you're singing. Whatever that is. I thought it was you talking about Rocky Mountain High. No, it's um, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. I I done lost the melody. I don't know. Well, you ain't even had the melody to begin with, so. (laughs) (laughs) You can't lose nothing you never had, so. Shut up, shut up, shut up. But all is well on this end. I've been off work like the past week. I have to go in uh, after the Veterans Day holiday. So that's going to be a culture shock back to reality. But um, yeah, just just living and thankful for another year, man. Well, you got to get those coins, so. Yeah, yeah. Somebody got to pay the bills. Somebody got to pay the bills. What's going on with you? Ain't shit, bro. I'm not just making this money. Doing my thing. Shout out to Royal Farms. Royal Farms has the best fried chicken in the world. I was in Ocean City this weekend with my family. And on the way back, I stopped at Royal Farms and I had a chicken biscuit. And it was the best chicken biscuit I have ever had. Are you familiar with Royal Farms? Yes, because they're about to open up one uh, nearby, and I was talking about how good not only their chicken is, but the um, potato wedges. But I didn't even oh, know God. they had breakfast food. 
Yeah, yeah, I had the potato wedges too. Them things was hitting. And as a, a Baltimore, former Baltimore native, you should know all about Royal Farms. Royal Farms is very popular for people who are not from this area. Royal Farms is mainly popular in the Baltimore area and also down the Eastern Shore, uh, towards uh-huh. Ocean City, up there in that Delaware area where those beaches are. God damn, that shit can hit up. I put it up against anything. I put it up against Bojangles, Popeyes, any chain chicken restaurant in this world I put Royal Farms up against it and Royal Farms is coming for your head that shit is delicious so what about did you ever eat at um, Church's Chicken Church's Chicken is trash they got one in the Font Plaza in the uh, little mall section of the Font Plaza here in DC that's the only one I ever ate from it's not it's booty it's booty I don't like it well, and, I, and then just going back to Bojangles I don't even think their chicken is all that in my opinion I would take Popeyes over Bojangles any day um, and like we're not even going to mention KFC because KFC no. chicken is trash trash um, if you eat KFC chicken and you, if you prefer KFC chicken over any other chicken um, don't ever talk to me in your life you are a piece of garbage and you don't have any taste and I don't want to even know, I don't, don't even say it to me because if you're a friend of mine and you said it to me we can't be friends though yeah, we, I, I'm going to be offended. Like, I don't even know who still eats, um, ha, you know, KFC. And why is even a side note, like, why is Arby's still open? Like, why do they have, do people actually eat Arby's? What's Arby's? Like, little nasty roast, little roast beef sandwiches. They sell roast beef sandwiches. Like, that's all they're known for. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, some places, like, why are y'all still open? Who be eating? Who be eating there? Uh, but Arby's, if you hear this and you want to sponsor us, uh, we will take your money. Uh, we do sell out very easily. So um, churches, KFC, uh, Arby's, we will say you have the best food on earth if you will give us some money. We sell out very I'll, easily. I, okay, I'll give credit to Ar- the curly fries at Arby's aren't bad. So we'll take some curly fries as well, Arby's. And a paycheck. And a paycheck. But speaking of food, so like a couple a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned, um, or a couple months ago, DC Black Restaurant Week, and it was actually last week, like all last week. And unfortunately, as much as I was like excited about it and talking about it, I didn't get to participate. But they had like a lot of different events around the city. They had um, happy hours at like Toby Lounge and um, this African bar like 20, it's called 1230 African Fusion and a couple other spots around the city and I had went in because we had signed up for it I signed up for it you know through the PLP podcast and was getting some emails so we would get emails to the project um I mean not to the project look I'm thinking about work we would get emails about the restaurant week and so it was one cocktail hour they were having and I had signed in to get tickets and they had already sold out and I just forgot about it after that but it ended yesterday, and there were, like, so many restaurants that participated. So, you know, we got some making up to do. We got to go and continue to support our, you know, own little black businesses and get our eat on. But I, I know you didn't get a chance to participate last week. But it was a couple couple restaurants that I didn't even know were black-owned, or maybe they were just participating. Like Matchbox, the pizza place. Is that black-owned? Nah, that's a chain, ain't it? Yeah, I thought it was a chain too, but on their um, website they had, um, you know, Ben's Chili Bowl, of course, is black owned. They have Bukum Cafe, the little the African spot, the Cage Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, was Half Smoke black owned? Yeah, Half Smoke. Yeah, Oh, good, good, good. 
So Matchbox, I had Hencorder on there, which is also a chain. But I'm like, maybe the managers of those particular locations are black. But not saying that we couldn't, we can't own those places. I was just really surprised to see Matchbox and Hencorder participating, you know, in the DC Black Restaurant Week. Because I was thinking that it was all about we just gonna support like fully owned, you know, black black businesses. But maybe it was another layer to that that I missed. But um, shout out to Black Restaurant Week, DC. I uh, hope it went well. Hope to participate um, next year. Um, yeah. So just okay. wanted to follow that. Good. Thank you. Next time, keep me a little bit more updated. Um, if you will be my personal assistant, I'm going to need you to keep my schedule a little bit more tighter because I didn't hear no word about Black Restaurant Week until you told me after the fact. So if you want to keep your job, please do better. Well, first of all, I'm not your personal assistant. So this that's, is personal. Personal. that's, that's first and last. That's first and last, boo-boo. Okay? Okay. Stop talking about it. Insubordination. I'll talk to you after the show. Whatever. I don't need no pep. I don't need no performance improvement. <clears throat> okay. We'll get your shit together. Anyway, moving on. Do you have an overreaction you all this week? I do. I did my homework. Let me go first. Let me go first. Can I go first? Since you have more than one, let me go first. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to do this one real quick. So Explain, the, explain what the segment's about. The segment is about people in the world. Something happens. And then we judge whether the people who respond to what happened are justified in their response or are they overreacting? Did I sum it up correctly? You did. Very good. For the first time, you got it right. Okay. Anyway, um, black women, I need you to be quiet. Stop talking so much. That's the problem with black women nowadays. They can't stop being quiet. They run their mouths too much. Anyway. Here you go, tearing us down. Look at you. Fresh off my birthday. Fresh off a of Black Restaurant Week, fresh off all these uh, women of color and women, you know, winning seats and political office, and you up here trying to tell us, tell me, your co-host, I, I need to get you together after the show. How about that? Uh, look here, Negress. Um, I'm gonna need you to put you in your put you in your place and quiet it down so I can tell my story real quick, and then we can continue with the show. Mm, 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 mm. Sorry, stop. All right, just cut it out. Stop being silly. Anyway, here's the story. So there's a new movie coming out that I actually want to see. Um, it's called Green Book. It's feel, it's starring uh, I'm gonna say his name wrong. Mah- Mahershala. There you go. Okay, okay. Black Queen, know your Black King's name. Mahershala Ali is starring a new book called Green Book. A new movie called Green Book that's coming out. I think in about a week or two. And his co-star is Viggo Mortensen. So the, the quick recap: the story is about a black pianist traveling with a white guy in the deep south in I think the 60s. So they were doing a panel for the for the movie, you know, promoting the movie and the audience was asking questions and a guy had asked a question about the uh, somebody from the audience asked a question about the importance of the story and everything associated with that and, you know, racial climate because I'm pretty sure in this movie black guy in the 60s torn through the deep south is going to be a lot of racial elements to it. So in his response Vigo Mortensen was talking about how the world has changed a little bit. And in his response, he was talking about how it's not like now, how black in the past used to be properly acceptable. But now you wouldn't hear a person saying the N word in main, like in public, in a public setting, a white person saying that. Except he didn't say the N word, he actually said nigger. And so wait, he said, I'm, I'm confused. So he said that you won't see people, hear people saying nigger nowadays, or you did. 
I, I messed up. He says you don't hear people saying that nowadays. Like that used to be something that used to be something that somebody could say freely and openly back in the day. You know, a white person could just say that to a person in public, but now you can't really get away with saying that anymore. So for, right, okay. as he said, for instance, no one says nigger anymore. That's what he said. And then somebody in the audience said, don't say that. Somebody screamed out. And of course, he, go, he caught a lot of backlash for saying nigger instead of saying the N-word. A lot of people were upset about uh-huh. it. They were mad that he said it. Uh, he, of course, has come back and apologized. He said he should have never said it. He was trying to make a point. He shouldn't have said it. He's wrong for saying that he would never say it again. Do you think people should have been upset with him for saying, instead of saying like they do when they do news stories, the N-word, he actually just said nigga. Were people up right to call him out on that? Um, I think my bigger issue is the fact that he thinks that nobody says nigger anymore because he has obviously, you know, hasn't picked up a paper he didn't the TV in the political yeah. climate. So I don't think like not nah, I mean like I, and, and because I don't feel like just based off your explanation I don't think he was using it to say oh look at all these niggers in the audience he was saying nobody says nigger anymore it was like a different I don't think he was using it in a derogatory context but like I said if anything I'm just more surprised that he would think that no one says nigger anymore because that's not true. Right. And like, who's gonna who's gonna mess around and say it to you, white man? Ain't nobody gonna come up to you and say that to you. And you're probably not in an environment where I, I don't know. I I just don't think that um, you know people were outraged that he should have said the n word. But I'm just even I'm just more perplexed that he thinks that you know people aren't saying that, especially in this climate. I don't think he. So, people, I, <laughs> I don't think he meant people don't say it ever or don't say it. I think he was talking about like in like a mainstream use. Like it used to be back in the day, you walking into a store, somebody like, nigga, get out this store. People don't regularly do that. Like, I don't know. No, now they just call the police on you. Yeah, yeah, whatever it may be. So I think that's what, and then I'm also to what you said, I also agree to what you said, like people were upset about it. But in this context, he's not saying, OK, I see some dirty niggas in this audience or call he like he's using it to call something. He's using it to try to talk about a time in this history where he thought or in our past where it was more acceptably or he's trying to talk about the change in the racism. I personally do not like it when news stories or when anybody says the N word when a person didn't say the N word. You can't just right. act like this word does not exist, especially when you're talking about it in an editorial thing or when you're explaining something. Then, of course, you can't go up to people and call them niggas and all that type of stuff. It's like a slur or an anger. But if you're explaining a story or you're talking about it in the context that it is uh, related to a historical thing, I think you can say it in those things and not have not, you know, get attacked for it. This ain't like some white person in the concert sending in a fun song because it's fun to say, or those white people that say, well, black people say it, so I want to say it too. You know, he's trying to explain that you shouldn't be saying it, and people, the times have changed where you can't openly say it or express it like that anymore. So I think people were overreacting personally, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I hate when people edit the word to begin with if they are talking about it in an editorial or they are showcasing that a person. Let's say they were telling a story about somebody ran into a place that was saying nigga, nigga, nigga to everybody. Then they should say that's what the person said because the person didn't say the N word. He'd be saying nigga, 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 nigga. So that's just me. Right, right. Yeah, and I think just part of that is just is they're, you know, changing it to saying he said the N word or she said the N word 
ish trying to promote the message. This is not a proper word to say whether you're saying it because you're being derogatory or whether I'm reporting about you being derogatory. So I think it's just to trying to continue to push the message that, you know, you shouldn't be using the N-word. And I say all that to say because I, you know, I say the N-word sometimes, you know, I, I'm not like purpose on that. But I have read a little bit about that um, story and Mahershala Ali, you know, said he forgave you know, Viggo Mortensen. So he, you know, said the whole, the same thing about the context in which he was using it. You know, it was, it's not like he was out here calling somebody a nigger. He was just saying, you know, exactly what he said, that no one is literally walking around calling you a nigger like it would have been back in the day. So, you know, his co-star forgave him. Uh, everybody else, you know, you should take some time and think about forgiving this man too, because it's, it's totally... It, it wasn't that big a deal. That, and, you know, that's just what I thought. Cool. So. And yeah, Mahershala Mar- 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 added, the use of the word by those who aren't black is not up for debate. Plain and simple. If mm-hmm. you ain't black or claim or wouldn't claim your black roots, and I'm talking to you, uh, Latinos that don't want to act like they black, but they want to say nigga all the time, don't say it. If you're a Dominican and you don't say you are black Dominican or Afro-Latino, do not say nigga. And I'm not playing with y'all. End of the story. I don't want to hear nothing else. All right. Sorry, that was mine. Thank you. Tell them, tell them. All right. So my story was, you know, in in the same whole little vein of people, and, and this is a little bit different, but it's the same saying something to set other people off and it's being, you know, being intentional about it. So um, a Mississippi senator, um, her name is Cindy Hyde Smith. I made an offensive comment at a little rally she was having yesterday. So Senator Smith is um, running for running against a black candidate. His name is Michael um, S. Epsi. And at her rally, this uh, cattle rancher was kind of like hosting it. He had brought people together. And so she made a comment thanking him by saying, if he invited me, talking about the cattle rancher, if he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be in the front row. So here she is running against a black man and she's telling a cattle rancher that if he invited her to go see a lynching, that she would go. This is 2018. You're in the heart of the deep South and you know the history of public, you know, of lynching, of killing people, black men, innocent black people. And you're up here talking about you would go to a public hanging with him and be in the front row. Why does that? So let me let me stop right there. And so there was a lot of backlash um, from the public toward her, you know, asking her to apologize. And to this date, I don't know that she has. What she did was kind of twisted and say that the media has taken her words and made it made it mean something worse than what, what she really meant. But I'm like, you literally just said that she would go to a public hanging and they want people don't when you think of hanging people and lynching nobody's thinking about white people this especially in mississippi you're thinking about innocent black people so and i think it's an obvious answer here uh whether or not it was an overreaction or not so i'm just kicking it back to you did you hear about the story and you know what are your thoughts on it no i never heard that i don't even understand why why would anybody invite anybody to a public hanging what's the what's she talking about so for what, right how did that even did it is she crazy as shit i don't know what her problem is so I hope they wrote right, her ass and they uh, told her about herself and they gathered her and whatever else they had to do to her because I don't know that bitch crazy. 
Well, and then too, it's just like, okay, first of all, you're, this is a cattle rancher. Why wouldn't you say if he invited me to a barbecue, I'd be the first one in line? Like, why, like, why did you switch it and say something about like lynching? Like, why are you up here thinking about lynching? And the only, and the only thing that comes to mind is that, and some people say that she was making a dog whistle comment. So signaling to, you know, the racist and white supremacist that, you know, I guess in a way you need to vote for me because we're not going to let this black man get in office. And I will say that Mike Epstein is a fine little silver fox. I will tell you that. I looked up a picture of him. He is a handsome man. And um, there is going to be a runoff election on November 27th in Mississippi. And a lot of people are starting to donate to his campaign to help him, um, you know, win uh, the Senate, win the Senate seat. Um, so they, you know, on the election on November 6th, neither one of the senatorial candidates got um, enough of a vote considered the official winner. So that's why they have to do a runoff vote. But hopefully, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Epstein, you'll get it. Uh, hopefully, hopefully some Mississippians will show up and show out and, you know, put this man in office because this woman is a clear racist and she's up here, you know, making comments about going to a luncheon. I just, I just don't get it. I just totally don't get it. So that was my, my first overreaction and all. But the second one was, um, and this is not like, it wasn't like a huge backlash to it, but you know, Michelle Williams from Destiny Child. The one that can't dance? And the one that fell down? And the one, the one everybody hates? Why do that's so wrong? But I, I guess some people have associated that with her. But yes, Michelle Williams, and she also is a, a mental health uh, survivor or whatever you want to call it. She opened, she came out recently with about her struggles with mental health and depression. But she was recently engaged to a pastor out of Arizona named Chad Johnson. So you know, first of all, she's black. Chad Johnson's white. They have a new show on OWN. And so over this past weekend, um, an episode aired and where they were telling the story about an argument that, that they had had and she, her and whatever they were arguing about, she said, well, you don't understand because you're not black. You weren't raised around black people. So you don't understand how I communicate. And he hit back with, did you take your meds today? Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, whoa, like that was a low blow. And um, I didn't see, even though I didn't see a lot of back, backlash about it, I did see one tweet and this woman commented, like, you need to take, drop your potato salad and go, like, leave this man alone because he's arguing dirty, first of all, and then bringing your mental health issues into, you know, the whole, um, into the whole deal. And then there was this whole other thread about, you know, how some black women are with white men and there's this mythology about, I guess, white men treating you better X, Y, and Z. So that was the bane of where that thread was going. But I just wanted to talk about, like, are you in relationships and, like, you know, taking those low blows? And, like, how do you, like, that was definitely a low blow. Like, did you take your meds today? Like, why, like, why would you even bring that up, you know, in the argument? And, like, she had a point. Like, I'm black and you're white. That's always going to be a difference. And his thing was, you can't keep bringing up race in our relationship. But that's, I mean, that's the first thing that people are going to notice when they look at y'all. Like, yeah, it's 2018, but she is black and you're white and there are differences. So, um, yeah, not like a lot of backlash about it, but um, he was arguing dirty, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I think definitely he crossed the line by saying, asking her about has she taken her meds. 
as somebody who, you know, not me, but as somebody who has come out her, you know, saying that she has struggled with mental illness, I think she was even like institutionalized or she put herself into, maybe not institutionalized, but she put herself into like some type of treatment program because she was like really down or really going through this mental thing. That's something that you gotta, you gotta like not cross that line when it comes to arguing. I'm all for arguing. I'm all for having disagreements in relationships. I think they can actually sometimes be healthy. Like you shouldn't be constantly arguing, but it's okay to disagree sometimes. And it's okay to have passionate debates about whatever you're disagreeing about. But you, if this really somebody that you love or that you want to build a life with, or it gets to the point where you engage or get married, it's something that you know you shouldn't go too dirty or too low in because that's just like, crossing a line. That's something you do when you're ready to fight somebody or somebody that you just don't give a shit about. Then you start talking about their weaknesses and trying to really tear them down. So he right. talking about some, did you check your mess today? Um, especially when she's talking about it, like what you said is a real thing. Anybody who's ever been in an interracial relationship knows that culturally you are going to have things that you just don't understand about each other or disagreements that you don't get or grasp because of that. And that's something you just want to deal with through the entire time. It can be 40, 50 years down the line. You're still going to be dealing with those struggles because you didn't grow up in the same thing and you don't have the same everyday life experiences as somebody of a different race, especially if one of the races is not a minority. So if one of the people are white and the other people are black or Hispanic or Asian, whatever it is, you're not going to have the same experiences because even white people who are not rich, they still have privileges that minorities don't necessarily have. And there's a lot of things that I notice is that they are just very ignorant to the fact. You know, they're not all white. Of course, all white people aren't racist. All white people aren't uh, out to hurt other people. But a lot of them are ignorant to the things that they get because of their race. And they don't see it because they just have always been treated a certain type of way just because they are a white person. So I just want to go back to something that you said earlier about relationships, you know, it's healthy to argue in relationships. But I also, just because you don't argue, I don't think that's unhealthy either, because I've been in a relationship where I've had, you know, where I, I we don't argue, we've never argued, and like, everything is fine. I don't think that, like, I get what you're saying, but, um, and, and the reason I bring it up is because the, um, I was talking about this the other day, it's just that arguments aren't don't happen in every single single relationship like like you said you may disagree but nobody has to get to the point where they're yelling slamming doors leaving rooms and sleeping on the couch cussing each other out um so i just wanted to like bring that up too it's just something that i recently i guess kind of shifted my thinking on because i've always thought that if you aren't arguing in a relationship that you you guys aren't challenging one another or you're not sharing enough about one another or you know you know, giving your complete thoughts on a subject in order to get to the point to see where you might compare and contrast. But, you know, there are just some instances where, you know, you guys are going to be on the same page and be on the same wavelength. And there's no, you know, it, it never gets to a point where you're disagreeing and that's okay too. And not that I was like raised in a, in a household or like witnessed a lot of relationships with a lot of argument and stuff going on. But just one thing that, I don't know. I just wanted to share and have been thinking about was that you don't have to argue in relationships. You know, even though some people do live off that drama, like I know people who, like every time you talk to them, they got something going on. They just can't. It's just like, ooh, what are what are y'all doing together? But um, you know, that's just not a characteristic in you know recent recent relationships that I've had. And and maybe I'm like, 
I, I'm bragging about that a little bit. I guess I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. And uh, we not over here. Okay, fancy. You and you. Okay, fancy. I mean, I, I guess I put it out there that I'm, a, you know, yeah, yes, I, I'm taking. I'm in a relationship. So all, all my fans, all my male fans, I'm taking. I'm off the market. Yes, I'm putting it Okay, out. nobody cares. But uh, go. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no bragging about nothing. Something nobody don't care about. Anyway, nobody was uh, in your DMs like that trying to get that number. Yeah, yes, they was. They be up in the POP DMs all the time. Okay, okay. Slimmy. Anyway, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, and I, I think I had like a similar mindset, and, and I'm not saying everybody. Every day you should be getting some type of argument, but as just a person, there's no way that two people are going to always be constantly agreeing about everything or not ever in a point where they're going to have some type of disagreements. So I'm not saying every argument got to be some big brawl or big yelling, screaming and shouting match and threatening to leave and slamming doors and all that type of stuff. But I'm saying you got to understand there can no, there's no way that you can have a relationship where you always are on the same page. You always agree about something. There has to be some things you don't want, whether it be something as simple as I'm tired of eating the same thing that we have every night for dinner, or you didn't clean this bathroom the way I wanted to, or you didn't pick up your clothes. That's what I'm saying. It has to be some type of healthy debate, because I agree with what you were saying before. It was like, how can you grow as a person, or how can you have any type of challenge with yourself or with your partner if y'all always agree with each other on everything? That To me, that would be a boring relationship if we always just always got along. And maybe that's my mind being warped or messed up when it comes to what a relationship should be about. Maybe it doesn't have to be a constant challenge of another person to build yourself up. So I don't know. Yeah, and it could be that it's just that you don't, you know, if, if you disagree about something, it's just like, oh, okay, oh, that's just what it is. There's no reason to like try to convince somebody to see your point of view or convince somebody to, you know, put their clothes in the laundry basket and sit on the floor like it's just some things you just gotta leave alone like you know it's just not gonna change and it's not gonna make or break your relationship either and if it is if something you know petty or small like that is gonna break your relationship then um you don't have a strong relationship in the first place that person mm. one. okay okay i forgot she was a, um, a relationship expert you want to give anybody else any other relationship advice since you're uh, locked down and everything is going so well and it's so beautiful and loving and you're having sex three, four, five times a day and the sex is fantastic and he's cooking you meals and he's buying your groceries and he's buying you clothes and he's paying your rent and as soon as he gets home from work. Um, well, you you know, you've been <clears throat> locked down far longer than I have. However, I will say it feels good. Um, to be loved and to have love. So that's a, you know, okay, Luther. Little, little cloud nine. Okay, okay Luther lyrics. <laughs> it's so amazing to be loved. I follow you to the moon and the sky above. Okay. That's I'll take that. But oh, so just one other thing you said randomly, the Green Book movie. Somebody said it was like the reverse of driving Miss Daisy, because you know, in Miss Daisy, who was that, it? Uh, it was um, Morgan Freeman. Freeman was driving around some white lady, and in this movie, it's Viggo Mortensen driving around Mahershala Ali. It's like one of those feel-good movies where you're supposed to feel good about the world and you know people coming together and all that type of stuff. Like I wanted to see it, but 
and I like Mahershala Ali. I probably won't go to the theater. I'll probably like wait till it comes out. But I was a little bit surprised to see that it was like produced and um, or the movie was not put together by like we have other people telling our story. It's not a black movie. So I was just hoping like like I wish like Spike Lee or um, the guy who did Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, like this would be like this is one of their movies. But I mean, it's not. But I guess, you know, still going to support it for Mahershala with his coin. So um that's all I wanted to add about that. What else you got going on? Any any other things you want to share? Do you have any relationships? Nah, like- bro. Oh, this directed by no. Peter Fairley? Oh, yeah, one of the Fairley brothers who made that. That's Dumb. weird. That's like a Because they know yeah. like making those goofy, kind of goofy something about Mary's and um, I can't even think of all the other movies. Dumb yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a real. Um, I'm shocked that he was the one that did this, huh? Because I'm talking, I'm talking mm-hmm. about comedy, but it's also kind of you know it's, it deals with more serious things. I will be seeing it in the theaters only because I got um as you know I'm a big baller and a big shot caller in the city of DC and I got um some screenings, some screenings to a, a free screening. So I'll be seeing it for free okay. in the theater with uh, probably Mahershala sitting next to me. But keep that on the low. Okay. All right, I'll keep it on. We, I ain't gonna tell nobody. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm very famous. This podcast is really blowing up, and um, you know, I'm the star of the show, so they really want me to be at all the premieres and everything like that. Please do not tell everybody about my stats. Anyway, did we talk about this last time? Your boy um, Tyler Perry is retiring uh, Medea next year, or he's gonna kill her off? Nah, nah I heard about that, and um, good for him. Uh, I guess he doesn't want people to have him too associated with a dress because of his, you know, personal life. Where I think. Oh, that's too late. Oh, yeah, we all know. That, that's not a secret no more about Tyler Perry's personal life? No. Mm, I think you know what I mean. No, he, uh, well, I mean, he's, yeah, I guess you're trying to imply that he uh, may be uh, gay. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm joking. We, Tyler Perry is a, um, is, a, is a man with a child. He is not gay. Yeah, yeah, I think he um, married. He had uh, maybe he married her or not, but this uh, pretty um, East African woman, and they have a child together. So, um, but you know, the whole his whole thing was he said he didn't want to be he didn't want to actually be Medea's age playing Medea, and so that's why he's going to get rid of her next year. And I'm like, good riddance. She should have did it a long time ago. And I'm thinking maybe he started really to cave to the pressure and like the jokes that people made about that made about it because um, it, it just it just stopped being I don't know if it was ever really funny and I know you know some people like going to the plays and they like the movies and the TV shows but yeah like, I think uh, I think that's when it was funny I think when he was doing the plays and it was first started in the first couple of years it was funny but 10-15 years later and, and people shit on Tyler Perry all the time but he do employ a lot of black people. He got a lot of black actors and actresses who probably wouldn't get other chances if it was for him producing these movies and these TV shows and all this stuff. He keep them working. He keep them employed. He is not the best movie maker or the best storyteller, in my opinion, but he keeps people employed and he keeps at least black cinema going a little bit. I wish he would 
do more different types of movies in that same time thing that he doing about some hurt woman and then some man come save her life and it's usually a light-skinned man that comes save her from some dark-skinned guy or something like that or somebody get AIDS at the end or somebody get sick or somebody did something bad so their punishment is to get AIDS or their children down or whatever it may be. Uh-huh. He need to stop with all that super over-the-top melodramatic bullshit with a horrible message behind it. I think Tyler Perry with his resources, the studio, if he really... And, and he also got to kind of take himself out of something. I know he want to own everything, but it can't always be everything is written, directed, and starring Tyler Perry. I think he got the resources, especially with his own movie studio, with his own distribution deals and all this stuff, that he can employ or really empower a lot of young black screenwriters or young black um, directors to really make some quality movies about real life black experiences that don't necessarily have to be stereotypical grandma shooting at the church like you do with Medea or these over dramatic stories of some black girl in the ghetto doing something and he can just tell regular stories about regular black people doing regular things that of course, it's a black movie because it's a black cast, but they aren't always tied into some type of over-the-top stereotype or something ridiculous or something extra goofy. So I think I wish he would transition more from I got to be involved in it and it got to be Tyler Perry's presents and Tyler Perry got to be the star. He got to play three or four roles to him really employing some people to come up and make some quality movies on this thing. Because I, I don't remember the last Tyler Perry movie that I saw that was actually good. I stopped, and so I, I wanted to support him early on because I was like, oh, the plays was kind of funny, but it got too much for me, and I stopped really supporting the brother, and it made me actually want to not support him, which is bad because we should be supporting each other as much as possible, but they just got so annoying that I just couldn't really rock with him no more, so I just wish he would transition into more of a, I'm the big dog, I'm the studio exec head, and I'm about to get people that can really make some quality shit under my name to really help it grow even more. So the last uh, Tyler Perry movie I saw was Acrimony. It came out this year with Taraji P. Henson, and it was good to a certain point, and then it just got like way too over the top. So I agree, like everything just goes, you know, he got to do the most in the movie, especially toward the very end. It's like, it just takes away, I don't know, but I feel he definitely has to do something different. But then I'm thinking like, what when can like black movie makers win because you like everybody's saying okay i don't want to see um another slave movie but i don't want to see tyler perry but i don't want to see moonlight because it got you know uh shit moonlight was fine i'll see moonlight again because that shit was good as shit it was a good movie so it's just like it's no it's almost like you can't win definitely you're not going to please everybody but what are the types of movies that you know that some people claim they want to see because then when you see them and you they, you know they get the backlash or they don't get the turnout that they like to me know. I want regular movies about just like, that have black people they don't like every time you see a black movie it's always either like you said it's some type of slavery movie or some type of thing about us trying to fight for civil rights and that's good but I feel like there's more to the blackest phrase than when we were slaves and when we were fighting to get some rights you can tell black stories from now. It could be a black story um, just about regular black people going through things. It could be black romantic comedies. It could be just black stories of now. People going through different things right now. All these movies you see when it's not black people, they aren't always just the same kind of genre. It's not always about some trying time in a black person's life and they had to come up and uh, uh, revolt against the slave mass or deal with all this indignity and make you mad and cry. You sh- Those stories need to be told for sure, but I feel like they have been told so much that it means like that's the all the black experiences. 
black people do the same thing as all these other people. So why can't we just have a movie with starring black people that's just dealing with regular things? Black people going to know. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but there's also if 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 it's too like Lily White or if it's too like unbelievable because there were even these like criticisms about the Cosby Show like black families don't really live like that and like no like a lot of black families did not but you can't tell some of these stories without like our everyday lives as black people are going to be different from you know white people there is that whole other angle that we have to think about because you know considering our history in this country and like to this day and the things that go on to this very day that seem to only happen to black people like getting the police called on it so i see what you're saying about you want to just see something like everyday life but our everyday life is so much different and it's colored by you know our history in this country so you know some of these and then some of the stories that we you know have been told like the butler and selma like you know, a lot. Some people don't know these stories. They don't know like some of the struggles. So I commend the, you know, the producers and the movie makers who are, you know, putting the stories out there. So I, I personally would like to see more of those. And I hear what you're saying about you want to see us in everyday life, but our everyday life really ain't that everyday. So you know, we're we're gonna have these, you know, uh, you know, these movies out there like the Hate You Give, you know, talking about you know violence um, from police officers toward Black people, like. Those are our stories, unfortunately. It's not going to be, you know, Lily White, you know, I opened a bakery and fell in love type of stuff. I mean, that's just not. True, true. You make you make some excellent points as well. But we, it don't got to be a slave movie. Like, it can be like the, that movie you saw, The Hate We, uh, what was it called? The Hate We Tell or The Hate We Give. I didn't see it. Yeah, but yeah, they can tell mod- more modern yeah. stories. They can tell more things. But we can also get like we used to have for all the time the best men or what was called the best man. That was in the about some black people getting married. Oh, that was nothing yeah. but a regular thing. Some black people. Yeah. I mean, it had some drama. Of course, every guy had some drama. The <laughs> wood, the best man, um, the brown sugar even, which was about two people just falling in love over their love of of, of music. Even though much as I hate, well, nobody okay. likes love jungles. But Love Jones, that's just about a black couple that love poetry and they get together. Right. You know, you can have just movies like that. Every movie don't got to be a gangster movie or a slave movie or a Selma about us fighting against for civil rights. Once again, all those are good stories and all things that are told and all things that are like a part of the black experience. But we also, like you and I, we don't, we just live regular black lives. We black, but we just live regular lives. So why can't we get our movie made? Yeah. What's up? Call Tyler Perry. Get him on the phone. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm calling Barry Jenkins, which he has a movie coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, if Bill Street could talk, based on a book by James Baldwin. Can't wait to see that. So we'll call his black oh, ass. Yeah. Tell him that we need this. The POP podcast, the movie needs to be in production, and I want um, Jaden Smith to play me. <laughs> he will play a young me. He will play the teenage me. Mm-mm. And the grown up me will be played by myself in my uh, debut role. Hmm. I have to think about who will play me. We'll talk about that next. So when you look like a low budget Zoe Kravitz, so you will get her. Here you go. Here you go. All right, man. I'm getting about here. I got some shit to do. All right, all right. Where can they find us? And email us. Let me clear my throat. 
Excuse me. I'm putting my radio voice on. You can find the POP podcast at all the places you find great podcasts. So include Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You can like us, rate us, and review us. Also find us on the Instagram at the POP Podcast and send emails to the POP Podcast at gmail.com. Any uh, final word, shout outs? Anybody you want to say what's up to? No, but Michelle, looking forward to seeing you, Mrs. Obama, this Saturday. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, you call her Mrs. Obama. You never address her as Michelle. You're rude and insubordinate. Well, in private, I'm allowed to call her. And she like call you BDB because of the kitchen. Anyway, (laughs) this is big. I'm actually. Mm, Won't you get some jam on to get your baby head going? That'll look real cute. Well, I, my, look, everybody, why everybody's baby hair got to be laid down and straight? Because you want to you look like um, LMA. Because I... you you're Buddha. <laughs> All right, this has been kind of gone. This, called, this has been uh, your boy Carlos D. And it's Christy. You don't do the see him. I do it. Thank you for being a friend. Oh, 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 yeah. Hey, so we started from the bottom, now we're here, girl.